What are you hanging on to? What are you clinging so tightly to that unfortunately is hurting you, harming you, or keeping you stuck? This is something we need to consider every now and again. Sometimes it could be done on a daily basis. Some people do it on a weekly basis. Some people do it once a year on the first of the year. But we need to start to think about these things. And that's why we're doing this episode on the Wellbeing for Mothers show. I am Dr. Denis. I'm the award-winning mom and palmate coach. I'm a family doctor, international speaker, best-selling author of the book, Every Mom is a Supermom and your host on the Wellbeing for Mothers show. This is where we talk about all things motherhood, the beautiful, the lovely, the challenging, and even the things that we perhaps are terrified to talk about. But the aim is to ensure that we are sharing practical strategies and tools to enhance our well-being of body, mind, soul, and spirit. So stay tuned, grab your favorite drink and have a listen because today's episode is going to be fun, but also I'm going to incorporate the use of certain animals. And if you're an animal lover, you would love this episode because it's going to be something that maybe you can kind of think about or maybe explore further as you connect with your animal friends. So without further ado, I'm going to talk about how we hold on to things. I know that all too well because there are so many times I've held on too long. I recall walking, watching a little clip of, um, it was a video clip where a child was putting the hand and on a surface that was hot. Now this child put the hand on the surface and was crying. And I don't even know how this video clip came to be because if I were the one watching a child, I would not be standing there filming. I will jump and get the child's hand off the hot stuff. But anyway, perhaps it was a CCTV footage. So this child put the hand there and was crying and left the hand there and was still crying. That's how some of us are. We put our hand somewhere. It's really hot. We know it's uncomfortable, but we stay there. We keep holding on. We keep hanging on, almost as though we think suddenly things are going to change. Now, there are times when things change, but there are some times that they hurt us even more. And so we need to start to evaluate what we as people, especially mothers, do that affects our well-being when we hang on or we hold on to something for longer than we should. There was a beautiful story I heard. Um, It was beautiful, but then it had um, a sad part to it. A man was walking around the circus and he was walking with the owner of the circus who was taking him on a tour. So while walking around and seeing all these fascinating like animals and people on trapeze and all the costumes, it was so beautiful, breathtaking. And he noticed the elephant that was um, stayed in one corner. And in that area, there seemed to be a few elephants. So he assumed, oh yeah, this is where the elephants are kept. But one thing struck him, which I would say was a very sad thing that he noted. He noted that the animal was standing there, that elephant was standing there with a piece of rope attached to its leg. 
And that piece of rope was attached to a peg that was in, put into the floor. Now, this elephant, could, you could clearly see that the elephant wasn't particularly very keen on being in that environment, but was there. And so he, out of curiosity, this visitor asked the owner, how is it possible that this big elephant is being held in place by this piece of rope? Why, why is it that it's not thought of escaping, you know, or getting out of there? I mean, all it needs to do is to pull that leg and even that peg is going to come flying out of the ground. That's when the owner said to the visitor, well, when the elephants are young and they're brought into the circus, we attach that rope to the peg that is put into the floor. And the elephants, that baby elephant struggles and struggles and tries to pull and after some time gives up. After some time stops struggling. And because of that, doesn't even try anymore. And for such purposes, that same rope is still kept on the big elephant. So even though the elephant thinks that, oh, yes, um, I'm stuck by this rope. I'm held down by this rope. This thing is keeping me stuck. It's not doing anything about it because it doesn't believe that it can. And that brings us to the first thing we need to think about. What is your belief? What belief are you holding on to that is keeping you stuck? What belief is keeping you in a place where you feel uncomfortable, unhappy, or even affecting your well-being? What belief are you thinking and kind of processing that is keeping you in a place where you really don't want to be? Now, I want to say beliefs are can be yours, can be passed on to you, perhaps from a parent, society, um, your religion. So many ways you can acquire these beliefs. And these beliefs are formed out of thoughts. What you think of yourself or think of a situation or think about is, um, others. And so these beliefs, for example, and you might want to probably take note of some of them or start to think about the ones that you've said to yourselves, they are repeated and consolidated thoughts. So you might have said something like money does not grow on trees. And that's one we have talked about in an episode when we're talking about financial well-being. And so when you think about things like money does not grow on trees, that's um, a limiting belief that keeps you stuck. And so you feel like you need to work hard to get the money. And sometimes that's it's not the case. You can be smart and still get the money. So there are certain beliefs, and that's from a financial point of view. Some other beliefs that we might have, and I know with mothers that I coach, some of them would say things like, I'm not good enough. If my child is upset or crying, it means I've failed as a mother. If I cannot give my child um, the things that they ask for, if I cannot do everything for my child, I'm a failure as a mother. It's time, maybe it's time for Christmas. And that's a big one because everybody goes, I have to get Christmas shopping done. And we all know how the financial situation is. We all know that the cost of living is high. There is some wiggle room that people have, but many people don't have it. And so they plunge into poverty, into debt, because they are buying presents, because they're trying to 
validate their essence by the general belief that children need to have all that they ask for. Or if they have provided a list to Santa, parents will go and use credit cards, take um, loans, get into their overdrafts to make sure that the children have it. Now, it's wonderful to care for your children, but is your belief structure that you need to cater for every need of your children or you're a failure? If that is the belief that you're having, it's going to keep you stuck. Because the moment you cannot provide what your child wants at the time, you start to beat yourself up. You start to feel like a failure. You start to feel guilty. And that is such a horrible place to feel. And when you are in that kind of situation, your well-being gets impacted adversely. And so what do we do? These are beliefs. You need to question those beliefs. Like I mentioned at the beginning, what are we holding on to? How frequently should we review them? Some people do it on a daily basis. Now, if you've got time and you're the kind of person that likes to reflect after your day, oh, okay, what belief did I exhibit today? What belief did I hold on to today? What belief worked for me today? What belief kept me stuck today? The other thing people do is probably on a weekly basis. Now, I tend to do this because um, at the beginning of the week, I sit down and plan what my week is going to look like. Now, of course, it's good to plan, but you also need to have some wiggle room because things happen, especially for us as mothers. You might plan something and then something just spots in and everything that you've planned kind of goes um, in different directions. So while you plan, you can ask those questions as well. What are some beliefs that are not working for me? We tend to call those beliefs limiting beliefs, okay? And when you're looking at those beliefs, you try to let them go. You make the efforts. Now, I use the word try, but I think I will change that. You let them go, <laughs> okay? Let those beliefs go. They're not working for you. They're not serving you. They're keeping you stuck. Let them go. Now, the other thing one needs to look at is Perhaps you're doing it on a monthly basis. Now, this is a big one because it, maybe you're spending more time to kind of reflect and just look at, at your goals and say, okay, what am I aiming for, say, this year, this quarter? And then say, okay, so what has stopped me from getting to where I want to get to? Perhaps there's some beliefs, there's some limiting beliefs. I'm not good enough. I need to do more courses. I need to get more qualifications. And this is one thing that we, especially as women, um, kind of, experience because we've got that imposter syndrome where we feel that we're not good enough unless we get some certifications, some accolades, some validation from an external source, whereas we need to validate ourselves. Okay. So these are certain things that you can consider. Doing this evaluation once a year is not going to serve you. Okay. And that's the reason why we struggle. So you can make it a quarterly thing. You can make it a monthly thing, a weekly thing, or a daily thing. Okay. These, those are the questions you can ask to challenge your beliefs and see if they are still working for you. The beliefs that worked for you last year might not work for you this year. The beliefs that worked for you when you were younger may not work for you now. So the constant evaluation is very, very key. 
The other one is emotions. And like I mentioned before, when you have emotions, they are beautiful, but there are some emotions that can keep you stuck. One emotion that I know, oh my goodness, it was empowering at the time, but it kept me stuck was anger. And it's really, really sad that sometimes we are angry and those things keep us stuck. I remember when I was grieving the loss of my father, it was just very fresh in my mind. I was constantly afraid. Now, fear wasn't where I wanted to be, but I just could not help myself. I was shaking all the time. I was not sleeping well. It's almost as though you're, you're scared about anything. The fear of loss, fear of failure, fear of criticism, fear of success. Believe it or not, some people are afraid of success. Those are certain emotions that can impact us. Now, when, of course, I had a little bit of a shift in my thought process, I kind of had a shift in the emotion as well. Because by the time I had that shift in the emotion, it moved from fear being the predominant emotion I was feeling at the time to, to anger. And while that anger made me take action, while I wasn't that there stuck in the headlights, I was taking action. I was like, how dare this happen? How could this be? I'm going to get this thing done, whether they like it or not. It got me moving, but I held on too long. I held on too long to anger. And that was not healthy. We need to learn to let go. And the moment I started letting go, oh my goodness, the difference was amazing. I'm going to share with you another animal story. This was a story of a snake. Now, this snake was going through a workshop, a carpenter's workshop. And while it was going through that workshop, trying to look for stuff to eat, um, and just also sightseeing as well, it saw all the woodwork and the pieces of furniture that were partially made. Some had been polished, some were just um, nailed together. Saw some nails, saw some hammers, saw some um, the uh, saw, saw some um, equipment that the carpenter used. And while it was looking at all these things, wiggling and you know mo- moving around the workshop, unfortunately, the side of the snake grazed against a saw, and this caused pain for the snake. The snake was upset. It lifted its head up, looked back, and saw that saw. And it was so angry and thought, what? How dare you? I will show you the stuff I'm made up of. Because it was so angry, it decided to do what it would do to anything it wanted to get rid of. So this big snake goes round the soul and wraps itself around it to squeeze the life out of that soul. And as it was trying to squeeze the life out of the soul, it was feeling more pain. But it held on because it was so angry. The more pain it felt, the more angry it got. And the snake was squeezing and squeezing until it died. Some of us are holding on to emotions like anger. 
holding on to emotions like fear, holding on to emotions like worry. And these things are impacting our well-being so much so that it's impacting our life. There are certain people that have developed this buildup of emotions that are not serving them. And that has led to development of high blood pressure. It has caused their stress levels to go through the roof. They are now on medications, trying to bring down their blood pressure, trying to manage their hormones, trying to do all these things to make sure they are feeling better, but they are not feeling better. Why? Because they are holding on to emotions. So my question now is, what emotions are you holding on to? What emotions are you hanging on to that is not serving you? Very important. It's a question that we need to ask ourselves with a similar frequency, like I mentioned before. If you're just going to do it on 1st of January of the year, that's not going to work. Are you going to do it quarterly? That's good. Make it more frequently, one monthly, fine. Weekly, great. Daily, awesome. You need to question the emotions you feel and the emotions. We all feel different emotions at different times of the day. But what is the predominant emotion you feel? Is it fear? Is it love? Is it anger? Is it frustration? Is it worry? What is it? Is it guilt? So challenge those emotions. The ones that are not serving you, let them go. Now, I mentioned earlier how I was using anger as a rocket fuel. It was great. It propelled me. It made me take action, but it caused problems because my health was now in a situation whereby I needed to do something about it. And so at that point, I discovered that very true to the saying, when you are angry, you're probably not happy with something or someone. Most times, maybe it's someone. And because of that state of anger, you are not forgiving the person or the situation. Sometimes you can even be not forgiving yourself. So for that reason, you need to recognize, and this is a very true saying, unforgiveness is just like you drinking poison and wanting another person to die. When you build up emotions that are not serving you, say like anger, for example, like I was doing, it was not serving me. And it was more like I was hurting myself. And if you don't want to end up like the snake we talked about in our story, you need to let go. What the snake could have done was to let go of the soul and just gone away and say, okay, you hurt me the first time, you hurt me the second time, I'll let you go. I'll forgive you. And that is the best it could have done. And so I talk about this in my best-selling book, Every Mom is a Supermom, about very, very practical ways that you can forgive yourself and you can also forgive others. You don't need a conference where you say, okay, bring the person who has offended you, you to bring yourself. And then I say, okay, you did this to me. I'm not happy about it. The person who talks about his or her own version of the story. And then you say, okay, I forgive you. Okay, say you forgive me back. You don't need that ceremony. You can actually get forgiveness issued from yourself 
to yourself or to others, even without them being there. Forgiveness is a gift you give yourself and you need to give yourself that gift today. I don't know what it is that is keeping you stuck, what it is somebody has done or keeps doing, because that's the worst. You know, if someone has done something in the past, uh, it annoys you, it irritates you, it frustrates you, and it's okay, I'll forgive them. But when they keep doing it repeatedly, it can be really frustrating, especially in a situation whereby you can't really get them out of your circle. You have to still have contact with them. <laughs> that, is the, that, that is not the best situation to be. Because, I mean, there's some people that maybe they annoy you or they upset you or they frustrate you. And you can say, oh, you know what? I really don't want to deal with you. And you leave that environment or get them out of your environment. But in a situation whereby you cannot do that, you can allow yourself to forgive and let go. The key is to let go. That's how dealing with emotions, letting go of those emotions that you're probably hanging on to that are not serving you is so key. I hope you're enjoying this so far and I hope you're taking notes. If you're not, perhaps you can come back, make sure you download this episode, have a listen to it again, share it with other mothers. And even though I say, yes, mothers, mothers, you can share with anyone. Anyone can use this technique. Anybody can use the things that are shared here. The reason why I focus on mothers is because one, I'm a mother myself. But also when mothers learn things like this, they can teach to their children. Sometimes they teach their children directly or even by doing it, their children observe them and start to do the same. That is such an amazing thing and is a skill that we can learn. Okay. I'm going to move to the third one. And this is very, very interesting because there are certain times that we forget who we are. And that's the reason why I always say every mom is a super mom, not because of the super things that she does, but because of the superpowers she possesses within. And so even on those days when she's under the duvet, she's crying. She's a super mom. Many times we look at ourselves and we think, I'm not good enough. We think, oh, I'm a failure. I felt that way. But that is because we have forgotten who we are. Our identity is key. We need to tune into who we really are. And sometimes we don't know. We have been weighed down by challenges, by situations that we've not looked up to look at ourselves and see who we really are. I remember when I was younger, there was this beautiful story I heard and it stuck with me and I started using it to identify certain aspects of my own life, but also I use it to share with mothers and people I coach about how to look at themselves in their true light and in their true form. And that's the third animal I'm going to tell you about today. So there was this um, ugly duckling. I'm sure you've all heard the ugly duckling story. But this one was feeling really dejected because the duckling would go with other ducklings, but because it was different, it was looked upon differently. It was looked down upon. It was ostracized. It was left alone. It was isolated. So it missed out on so many fun experiences it could have had with its colleagues, with its mates. Unfortunately, that caused the duckling to think very lowly of itself. It affected 
their confidence. How many of us have been faced by that? Because you look different, because you come from a different background, different religion, different ethnicity, or you think differently. You are kept in a place. I know we talk about a lot of quality, diversity, inclusion, and the rest of that. But frankly, in the world today, we still have a lot of work to do because people are still looked down upon because of what they look like. And that's the same with this ugly duckling. And so that impact on the ugly duckling affected the mental and emotional well-being. Imagine what it's doing to us. Start to question yourself, do I really belong here? And it makes things worse. However, this ugly duckling just felt so dejected and will not look around, look at itself. And so he just kept moving about, doing the bits and bobs, you know, paddling like the ducks will normally do underwater to keep afloat. Until one day, it was going across this pond and started to hear other animals saying things like, oh my goodness, how gorgeous. Look at this beautiful swan, my goodness, gorgeous. And they were all having those comments and the duckling was looking around to look and see for which swan they were referring to. Little did the duckling know that it had evolved. It had transformed from that ugly duckling to a beautiful swan. When it realized that must have been an awakening. And sometimes we ourselves as mothers need that awakening. We need to realize that, yes, challenges came. Yes, there were issues happening that made us beat up, made us feel dejected, and maybe made, also made us feel stuck. The thing here is, in spite of all those, despite the fact that we had an identity at that challenging state, doesn't mean that that identity remains with us until we get through the end of our lives. And this is something you need to remember. Yes, some people knew you in the past. You had maybe a rough childhood or a rough teenage years or a rough early adulthood. Or maybe you were not great in yourself. You were not particularly an amazing person. And you criticize yourself. You've been looking down on yourself. We're looking down on you. A time comes when you need to redefine yourself. You are not defined by who you were in the past. You have the opportunity to evolve. And that is the evolution we go through every day. Every time you face a crisis, a challenge, an obstacle, you have a choice that you're making because that obstacle, that challenge, that problem is shaping you. And you can accept the shaping and become a better version of yourself. Or you can use that as a stone you use to bury yourself and keep yourself hid. The choice is entirely yours. But to remember that evolution would convert you to that beautiful swan. That is your identity. You are evolving. You are super. You might not see it now, but you are. And so what is that identity in the past? What is that identity that people have labeled you with? Though that mother who always comes late. So that mother who is irresponsible. So that mother who is uh, 
like, oh, the worst mother in the block. So even if you were in the days, even if you are now, you are a super mom going towards that amazing, beautiful swan state. The moment you start to change your identity and realize and redefine your identity, that's when you see that the things that are impacting you negatively start to fall off. Yes, there may be thoughts, but your identity is important. And so using this story of the elephant, the story of the snake, and the story of the duckling, we can see how you and I can let go of the identity, the emotions, and the belief systems that are not serving us. I hope this has served you today, and I hope you have taken some notes. Take time later to reflect on how you can improve your well-being of mind, body, soul, and spirit by letting go of those beliefs, emotions, and identities that are not serving you. And I'm going to share with you one thing that helps with an identity shift. And this can be a painful experience in the beginning, but it's rewarding in the end. For this, you will need a mirror. I know I've talked about this a bit in the past, in the other episodes. You will need a mirror for this. I need to speak to yourself. You need to declare your identity, your desired identity. You need to declare who you really are. Because there are some of us that are full in our glory with every beauty within and without. But we look at the mirror and all we see is a scarecrow. We need to stop doing that. We need to start seeing ourselves in our beautiful array from within and without. So make sure, get a mirror, look at yourself and declare those beautiful, amazing, empowering statements that you believe you are. And sometimes you may not believe it right now. If you need someone to believe in you, even when you don't believe in yourself, get in touch with me. I have means of getting in touch with me in the show notes. Feel free to reach out. We are here to support each other. You are amazing and you're destined for great things. Do not ever think that you're not good enough. Don't let your beliefs, your emotions, or your perceived identity impact you adversely. I am Dr. Dini. Make sure you share this with other mothers. Please leave a review. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And until next time, I ask that you stay well. Mm-hmm.